You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilfer. Unfortunately, Susie can't join us today, but we do have a very special guest joining us. Taste the biscuit. Taste <laughs> of the biscuit. You know, Taste that honey sauce. <laughs> I was I was wondering when that would pop up in a recording. <laughs> well, I was oh. trying to think of something. It oh. was either that or it's corn. <laughs> oh, tops. TikTok I'm trends. That, I'm waiting for that fight to happen. That little kid and that old lady have got a fight. <laughs> <laughs> What's better, corn or the biscuit? <laughs> we need to bring back celebrity deathmatch. Clearly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but we are continuing our month of Frankenstein films with Bride of Reanimator from. <laughs> <laughs> from 1990 it's an hour and 36 minutes uh directed by brian usna who we would know from society silent night deadly night Four: initiation which that's frightening because it's got a naked clint howard um <laughs> return of the living dead three the dentist two progeny faust and beyond reanimator so he does the third one of this as well uh usna is one of those directors that he does a lot of really fun movies but he doesn't get a lot of credit so but we'll go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this delightful little sequel to Reanimator. Don, as you are our guest, it's customary we start with you. What are your thoughts? Well, let's travel back a few years when you guys first started this podcast. And I immediately went, if you ever do Reanimator, I will be on. And that happened. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And that happened. I mean, there's a morbid story behind that po- that that actual recording, people, if you ever really want to know that. Uh True, true. Yeah, there's a morbid story behind the recording. There was stuff happening in real life. Um, So when this one keeps popping up and doesn't make it in, Don got disappointed every time through <laughs> fits, through punched kid, punched a kid in the street. He's so mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so let's talk about how I like I, I I mean, it's reanimator. Of course, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do I like it as much as the first one? No, but it doesn't fucking matter. It's a reanimator movie. Um, I think this one actually is more close to the actual short story than the first one. If I'm, But I don't really remember. Don't quote me on that. Because <laughs> um, I haven't read the short story in, in probably a decade. So, <laughs> but like... Yeah, there's there, like, there there's are so many moments. questions. There are so many questions right off the bat. Like, why are they in war? Like, why? <laughs> how did they survive? Or how did uh, how did West, West live? Yeah. yeah, we clearly see him die. How did he live? <laughs> why are they at war? Why can't Dan just keep it in his pants? Um, mm-hmm. what? Why are they still allowed to be doctors? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> throughout this whole thing, they're being called out about the stuff that happened in the first one. So, yeah, they should not be doctors at all. <laughs> at 
at all. Like, you're, why you're are not they wrong. <laughs> yeah. Also, why did they pick the creepiest house in the world next to a cemetery? Well, that's obvious. But I was gonna say for them, it's, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But if they're trying to keep a low key, this is not the place you want to be. True. <laughs> why did they think they could sneak a lizard across international? Well, they did. <laughs> um, I got questions about the iguana, but <laughs> like there are so many questions, so many questions. But yeah, mostly it's why can't Dan just keep it in his pants? <laughs> so now the man, the man is pining for a dead girl, still in love with. Oh, pi- I'm sorry. Is yeah, pining for a dead girl, falling in love with a dying girl. And this alive one shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, I could do her, too. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now question, if if you're a big fan of uh, Reanimator in general, do you like Beyond Reanimator? I know a lot of people hate that one. I know a lot of people hate that. I can. I, I rewatched all three, by the way. Yeah, I, I did as well. <laughs> I, I decided just to do the freaking trilogy. Not that I really needed to watch the first one. Yeah. Um, but I, I do enjoy it. Yeah, that one has a lot of problems with it. But it's got a rat beating up a penis. Yeah. I mean, like, I was going to say it, the lack it, of penis and bride is what really gets me. It's it, see, and this thing I, I hear a lot of people say Beyond Reanimator is terrible. And for me, it's I don't know, like, it's just fun. Like, it's dumb. Don't get me wrong. But Combs is is killing it, as always. You know, all the, the secondary characters are fucking hamming it up. Like, it's just, I have a lot of fun with it. It's very um, obvious and beyond that half the people don't speak English. Yeah. It's very obvious. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, they're, like, they're mouthing the words and they, it's getting redubbed. It, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's still a lot of fun. Like, I, I would have loved to see House of Reanimator where he brings back the president. I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I have a lot of fun with all three of these films. Um, but yes, it, it is uh, unfortunately diminishing returns on each installment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Maurice, we'll toss it over to you. What do you What are your thoughts on Bride? I love this movie. Uh, well, I you know I love the first two. I don't think I've ever seen Beyond though. It's uh, right now. It's free on Tubi. So <laughs> if you feel like yeah, all three a, of them are a spooky. I didn't even movie. know there was a third one. To be honest. Oh yeah. He's yeah, a, yeah he's in jail. I think it's what, it, 2003 came out. Yeah, if Jeffrey. Yeah, if Jeffrey Combs is in it, I'll probably watch it. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I like this movie. It's I I'd say it's on par with the first one. Is I like it about equally equally the same. Oh wow, okay. Um, I mean there are a lot of questions in this one that uh, we definitely don't get answered. <laughs> no. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, overall, it's enjoyable, even with all the questions. There's a lot I like about it. Um, I, I love uh, Dr. West, all of his quips and his one-liners. Um, much like the first one, he steals the show. I don't really care for a lot of the other other actors or characters in it. Um, I kept on thinking Dean Kane, not Dan Kane. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I wrote Dean in my notes several times. <laughs> um, and I don't know, no Barbara Crampton, so I, could, I couldn't get in. Yeah. That... These, these actresses just weren't uh, on par with Barbara Crampton. 
Yeah, I, I guess her uh, her agent uh, convinced her not to do this film, which uh, yeah, she regrets. Cause, yeah, because she would have had such a small part or something, or a really Fuck small part. bullshit. Right? <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, overall, I enjoy it. Um, like I said, to me, it's on par with the first one. I don't like one better than the other, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. After we're done tonight, I'm going to have to watch Beyond Reanimator to see how the third one fits in. I'm, it's I'm, about it's about as long as as this one. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because, like I said, I, I know a lot of people who can't stand it, and I I personally think it's fun. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's cheesy, but it's fun. So, I'm I'm right there with you guys on this one. I really enjoy this movie. Um, I I don't understand why this one gets so much hate. It's, I think, not maybe not as fun as the first one. I like, there's a lot of aspects about the first movie that I really like, and I think that's what Stuart Gordon brings to the table. But it's, <laughs> the physical comedy of the first one, I think, is way better than the physical comedy in this one, especially the cat sequence. This um, this definitely had potential to have that physical comedy, and it kind of was just like, nah. It was restrained because <laughs> yeah. there is a few moments of a very humorous physical comedy in this, but especially when they're wrestling with Chapham or uh, what's it, Lieutenant Leslie Chapham. Yeah. Um, that uh, <laughs> that whole back and forth is fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, he, like, was, he was annoying. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. The character is definitely annoying, but I love when they bring him back and he's just like he flings West and fighting with Dan. And like, it's it's just I, I don't know. I was cracking up the whole time. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoy the first one. I, I kind of enjoy them in order of release. I like the first one the most. This one I like very close to the first one. And the third one, while not nearly as close, I still really have fun with it. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any complaints. I, I will say the gore effects are fucking gnarly in this movie. Like when we see the, the Meg 2.0, we'll call her. Um, man, that that prosthetics. Ugh. <laughs> What did I call her? I forgot. Oh, I called her Gloria Stein. <laughs> Gloria Stein. I mean, both are accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like with all the the open like openings in the flesh and like all the metal pieces like grafted on, it was just ugh, it was fucking gnarly looking. I, I loved it, but it was gross. <laughs> um, and I and I love I love Bathead Hill. I think that is freaking hilarious. I think it's funny, but I don't think he was needed in this movie. I agree. Well, I, mean, I think that was just to get him back in the movie. Honestly, I think it was to do. They needed somebody to control the the zombie or the reanimations yeah. um, because West doesn't have that ability. So the whole thing was like, well, we need to have somebody that can turn the creations on West again. So it's like, ah, fuck it, bring back Hill, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> overall. I, I really enjoy it, but let's let's jump into the cast. Obviously, we've said Jeffrey Combs multiple times, so we know he plays Dr. Herbert West again. Um, just some of the films that we've covered on this uh, this podcast. We have Reanimator, Castle Freak, The Frighteners and House on Haunted Hill. Um, I've been I've been most of those recordings, people. I'm is, just I'm just the expert, apparently. Hold on one sec, guys. Oh, oh. Hi, puppy. My dog's sitting here panting next to me, guys. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> He's mad at me, I think. Oh, he'll get over it. Well, that was the thing is I was I brought out the rug cleaner because he got sick earlier in the week and I needed to still clean up the stains and I had to put him on the back porch and he didn't like that. 
So when I took him outside, he found the hole in the fence and just went right into the neighbor's yard oh, and ran around the go. neighbor's yard. Luckily, luckily, <laughs> that neighbor was out and was able to help me catch him. <sighs> okay. They, sorry, they were sorry. mowing their lawn, and usually they leave that gate open over there. So luckily, it was shut. I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> sorry about that. I had a cat interruption. My my cat Rufus was trying to climb out the top of the window. <laughs> it's like, damn it, get out of there! And so, uh, anyway, speaking of reanimator, my cat's name is Rufus. But then. Uh, <laughs> Continuing with our, our credits, uh, we have uh, Dr. Dan Kane, played by Bruce Abbott once again. Um, we would also know him, besides Reanimator, we would know him from the Beauty and the Beast TV show, Murder, She Wrote, and The Prophecy 2. Then we have Lieutenant Leslie Chapham, played by Claude Earl Jones. He was in Kojak, Evil Speak, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Werewolf, and Cherry 2000. A lot of winners on that list. I don't know if you guys have seen Cherry 2000 or Evil Speak, but whew, those are fun. Um, then we have Francesca Denali, played by Fabiana Ud- Udinero. Uh, we would know her from Summer School, something that we covered on Raised by Rentals. It's the only thing I know her from. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you do. Yeah, Austin Powers. Okay. She was in Austin Powers. She was in Austin. Oh, she was. was she was a lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. Yeah. A lot of vagina. She is somebody I, I feel in the late 80s, early 90s, they were trying to make some, a star and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I mean her her other uh, her other credits are stuff like RoboCop Two, Freddy's Nightmares, and Cheers. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. she was trying. God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> but we have Doctor Carl Hill once again, played by David Gale. Uh, again, Reanimator, The Giver. If you guys remember that Mark Hamill movie from the nineties, um, Tales from the Dark Side. He's in one of my favorite episodes of that with the little monster in the closet. And then The Brain, which is a highly underrated 80s monster movie. I freaking love that movie. Then we have Gloria, played by Kathleen Kinmint, who we would know from Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. She's the slutty girl that steals the other girl's boyfriend. Um, mm. Silk Stockings and Mortal Kombat Conquest, that old TV show that was on after midnight. <laughs> Ooh. And I have I, I've met her at a con, and she is just as tall. As you, as she appears in this movie, I would say she she looks fucking tall. <laughs> She's tall. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have Doctor Graves, played by Mel Stewart, who is in All in the Family, Good Times, Matlock, The Golden Girls, and Dead Heat. Um, he was a very strange character in this, but uh, for anyone who has not seen this, um, I, I, I can't imagine that that you won't know, understand what's going on because if you've seen Reanimator, it's more of the same. But basically, West and Kane are back at it. They discover it, the new secret to human life with that, that they can reanimate every part of the human body because it's it, consciousness is not just in the brain. And they proceed to create the perfect woman from dead tissue, quote unquote, perfect woman. So, yeah, it's it's a it's another Frankenstein story. You know, more of the same. But we open with the severed head of Dr. Hill floating in a black void, threatening Herbert West saying, you did this to me, but you'll not escape me this time, and then cackling. And then suddenly, smash cut to Peru. <laughs> we find out it's been eight months since the incident at the Miskatonic University, and both West and Dan Kane are volunteer medics in a civil war. It's like, wait, what? Why? Why? Okay, well, maybe they're hiding. Maybe they're in hiding. 
and West does say that they'll never find this many fresh specimens again. So I have a feeling that that West was just like, fuck it, people are dying. Let's go reanimate. Yeah. <laughs> but but why then go back to Well, because they almost got Miss... killed. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, but then they go back to Miskatonic. It's like yeah, go somewhere yeah. else. Go you, somewhere you, else. You think it would have been like reanimator in California or something yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> Orange County Reanimator. Um, that actually would have been really funny. Uh, surf's up. Uh, you just killed that zombie. No, he wasn't a zombie. He was just a bum. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we see West cause the death of and then reanimation of a soldier, only to have to shoot him in the head when he proves to be too unstable. <laughs> We meet uh, Francesca as she comes into the medical tent and sees that Wes just shot a man and seems relatively unfazed by it, <laughs> which kind of shocked me because she was like, what's he doing? Hey, there's guys coming. We got to go. <laughs> so she tells him they got to get out while they still can. We hear gunshots and bombs all around. Dan tries to convince West that they need to go, but he waxes on and on about the amount of fresh test subjects they have, and they can't leave yet. So he tells Dan and the audience that they now know that reticular consciousness is not just in the brain. And he grabs a nearby iguana, which I love it because they add this like hissing sound effect, but the damn thing doesn't move. (laughs) They pick it up and it's like, (laughs) like, all right. And he tells them these reptiles are the key. And of course, we'll get more on that later. (laughs) <laughs> he then ends by telling him that they're not just going to bring back the dead anymore, but rather create new life. Suddenly, some nearby explosions ca- cause the tent to catch fire. West grabs his notes and stuffs an iguana in a bag, which cracked me up because if everything doesn't move, he's just like, yoink, <laughs> shoves it in the bag. What? I'm going in here? Oh, OK. He's like, no movement. He's like, oh, fuck it. You're <laughs> going to get that across international borders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, why I not? I couldn't bring certain things back from Hawaii. What makes you think you're going to get an iguana into, from South America and North? To be to be fair, this was 1990. Anything, yeah. <laughs> anything went back then. <laughs> anything was possible back then. It's yeah, another I mean, fi- it was another 15 years till no liquids. So I, I think people were still smoking on planes in 1990. <laughs> they were. They were. Yeah. So you know. But uh, yeah, so he shoves the iguana in the bag and enemy soldiers start piling into the tent. Dan and West fight them off, resulting in Dan getting stabbed with a bayonet. West shoots a bunch of fools and then drags uh, drags Dan out saying, let's go home. We cue the opening music and credits and then cut to the Mystic- Miskatonic Hospital in Arkham, Massachusetts. So yeah, they, they went right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And apparently they're both, you know, well-off doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Nope. Nobody here questioning about the whole massacre in our morgue. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on in. Come back. We gotcha. And, you know, they were the only huh? two that survived and, and were normal. Yeah. Remember, remember, this was 1990. So <laughs> that's true. But no, this, times. Is supposed, this is supposed to be eight months after. Or yeah, is it years now? Who knows? But, well, that's the thing. I don't even think it's that many years because they still have the body parts in storage. Exactly. So, <laughs> but we we meet a patient of Dan's by the name of Gloria. She's going to become very important in this. Oh, moment. and he's man. He just really walks in and goes, "Man, dying girl, hot." 
Yeah, he's like, oh, you put on makeup. And she's like, well, my face is the only part, my head's the only part of me that's not sick. And I love West because he walks in, shines a light in her face, and he's like, you're quite right. That part of you is quite well. <laughs> I was like, no cares given. But we find out she's terminal and that West is already thinking of ways to use her, much to Dan's annoyance. Now we cut to pathology where we meet Dr. Graves and Lieutenant Leslie Chapham. He shows up to speak with Graves about the night of the massacre from the first film. And I love how amused Graves is by the lieutenant's name. He goes, Leslie. Hmm. <laughs> like he's got this <laughs> little giggle and head shake. From it. <laughs> it cracked me up. But a, f- a few things happen in this scene. We find out that Graves is in charge of all the remains from the night of the massacre. And although the case is closed, the lieutenant has a specific interest in getting to the bottom of what happened, which we'll find out why in a bit. The lieutenant then pulls out Dr. Hill's severed head from a bag, showing it to Graves, telling him it showed up at a sideshow just outside of Arkham. The head is perfectly preserved, no decay whatsoever. He then shows them to the the corpses and pieces from the night of the massacre, which also show no signs of decay, just like Hill's head. And uh, Chapham asks if the bodies are actually dead, and Graves assures him they are. And I find this part pretty fucking freaky because we figure out like what's actually going on with the reanimated corpses that they're kind of like stuck in their own shell of a body like consciousness is still there but they just can't move it was like that's fucking creepy but yeah along uh, along with the corpses we see a single vial of reagent that graves comments on being something that dr hill was working on before he died and he plans to figure out exactly what it is He then shows the lieutenant to the crematorium where we find out that pieces of bodies have been going missing. That's, you know, that's not uh, creepy or nothing. And I love it because the, the, the crematorium attendant that's like, oh yeah, the pieces have been missing for a while now. And Graves is like, oh, who would steal body parts? And then smash cut to West stealing body parts. (laughs) (laughs) Which cracked me the fuck up. He, uh, he also finds Meg, uh, the heart of Meg Hasley or, Halsey. God, I can't speak. So Meg's heart is in pathology, which it just I don't know. It seems weird to me that they would have all these bodies like they have a crematorium where they're clearly disposing of pieces. But all the bodies from the all the pieces of bodies from the night of the massacre are just still like sitting in a freezer in pathology. Like they still need them. (laughs) Yeah. And then later on, there's someone that dies you know, like dies in the room and they're like, let's put her to the crematorium. And it's like, wait a second, that person just died. That seems weird. Shouldn't you contact like a family or something? Right. <laughs> like that just seems like you're going against a lot of protocol there. This is why I'm saying they, they may be geniuses with reanimation, but they are shit doctors. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> But while he's stealing uh, the body parts, he also notices the head of Dr. Hill, which is something he finds endlessly amusing. He begins taunting him and telling him how he actually proved quite useful to him and helped Mm. to prove that consciousness resides in every part of the body and not just the head. He then goes, look at you. You're a nobody. And then laughs. But again, we see the creepy POV shot from Hill's head, like through the bag, and we hear this faint moan. So we know that he's still alive in there, which is creepy as shit. 
But uh, we then see Lieutenant Chapman uh, Chapman watching as West walks in the halls. And a nurse mentions that uh, mentions to Kane that a police officer was looking for him while he was in surgery. So we know Chapman is on to them. He's like looking around trying to figure out what the fuck they're up to. We cut to Kane arriving at his and Herbert's home, and which is an old funeral home, housed by the cemetery, if you will. Um, he heads down to the basement where we find. <laughs> I was just gonna go, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a toe. <laughs> but he heads down to the basement where we find out that West broke a hole in the wall that leads into the old crypt next door. And I'm like, gee, I wonder if that's going to come into play later. <laughs> There's just a single brick wall blocking them from a crypt. But West also shows him that uh, shows him a substance that can simulate a heart attack, which he uses, <clears throat> which he uses to kill a specimen, leaving no tissue damage. So he puts it on the iguana's face and it just, it goes from live iguana to a rubber toy. <laughs> then starts cutting it open. That's my whole thing. Like, you spent this time smuggling this iguana across <laughs> international lines, and then you just kill it? Yep. Can't has... you find another cat? <laughs> right. Well, he has to get, remember, he has to get to the amniotic fluid inside of it. Oh. But that's a key component in their reagent. Because we, we get this whole sequence where he, t- he takes out this little, like, weird sack out of the iguana, like, takes out so, takes out a syringe, takes the fluid out, and then mixes it with a bunch of shit, and we see him making the reagent. But I have a question here. So it's a little tiny, like, it looks like a, like a bladder or something inside the iguana. He makes a little vial of reagent. Later, we see a fucking oil drum of reagent there's how a cauldron many, yeah how many fucking iguanas did he kill <laughs> how many did he smuggle <laughs> he had like four crates of iguanas coming across <laughs> it's like what the hell but west tells dan that uh dr hill gave him this idea and then cobbles together some fingers and an eyeball with wire they're both cute in the world it is adorable and then, <laughs> it's just funny go, go, come here <laughs> don went all baby talk for a moment yeah, go, 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 go. it's so cute <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he brings it to life and it starts skid like skittering around inside the the tub that he has it in and uh wes tells him he's like or uh dan tells wes he's like i've had enough i can't take this anymore i'm moving out you know, West tries to tell him, but we've come too far. You can't turn back now. Dan isn't having any of it. He thinks that West is mad. He's like, you know, you can't be playing around with human body parts. And I love it in the background while this is happening. We see the little eyeball monster scurry out of the pan and like run across the table. <laughs> like, whoop, 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 whoop. And then West tries to manipulate Dan by telling him that he has Meg's heart. And it's completely undecayed. And that they can rebuild a body for her. That they can return Meg to life. So it's <laughs> like... Yeah, immediately Dan's like, all right, I'm in. Like, dude, really? Like, you know this is going to end bad for you. Why? This is why I say Dan can't keep it in his pants, man. He's like, ooh, I can fuck her again. Yeah. Jesus. But yeah, that's pretty much all he needed to hear. And he's back in. And then he goes, well, what about the police? And West goes, the police will never show up here. Cue the door. Ding dong. (laughs) Five seconds later. (laughs) So they go upstairs, and of course, it's it's Leslie Chapham come to ask a few questions. 
Now we get this this funny little slapstick moment where Chapman is asking them questions about the night of the massacre and West's relationship to Dr. Hill. All the while, the little eyeball monster is scurrying about the scene and Dan is trying to, like, stop it so he can, like, avoid uh, the, the lieutenant from seeing it. So he asks about West's ideas of reanimation and dead tissue. Uh, West tells him that in medical school he had time to discuss theory, but not anymore. Chapa mentions the poor souls at the Sefton Ward being just a theory then, which West denies all knowledge of. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. So now, uh, you know, lastly, the lieutenant asks about the missing body parts from the hospital, and both he and Dan play dumb. <laughs> I love it because Dan actually does look confused. He's like, body parts? And West is like, don't be silly. We have nothing to do with that. <laughs> then Chapman picks up this big, heavy medical book and, like, drops it on the couch next to him, which happens to be right where the little eyeball monster is sitting, and he squashes it. Oh, yo! <laughs> oh, fingy! <laughs> it was short-lived. Oh, man. It, it, it is a cool design, though. I, I'm still trying to get Josh to make one. Josh, get on that now. <laughs> I want a log version. <laughs> I, I don't even know how he would do that. <laughs> I can think of ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lieutenant, you know, gets up and takes his leave. Uh, now we cut to Graves studying the reagent pathology. He injects it into a dissected bat that's pinned to a board and it springs to life. And I, lo I love it because it pops up off the board and starts flapping around, attacking him. And he's just like swatting at this very obvious puppet. I love that. <laughs> it's it's not as funny as the cat fight scene, but it's, it's pretty fucking funny. So gra uh, Graves grabs the bat and slices its wings off. He then looks <laughs> at the agent and smiles. Dick. <laughs> You're the one who brought him back. Now you're just going to chop him up. Jeez. Well, you know, <laughs> Graves is not that uh, he's not that good of a person. No, <laughs> he's not that smart. No, he really is. Well, and, and he'll make sure to point that out several yeah. times. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, down in the crematorium, West tells the attendant that Graves wants to see him right away. And the guy leaves and in comes Dan with a wheelchair so they can steal the body. I, I love the, the fucking slapstick weekend at Bernie's. Oh, Pull here. <laughs> they, they put the, this dead body in a wheelchair with a robe and sunglasses. On. We just got to take him outside for some air. Yeah. Just two doctors giving their patients some air. Oh, my God. It's so dumb, but it's so fucking funny. But back in pathology, uh, Graves revives Dr. Hill's head with some reagent. He then oil can oil can. That's all I kept thinking because, yeah, he injects him with a little bit and Hill just goes more <laughs> and he injects him again. And he springs to life. And I love it because he goes on about he, he tells he's like, oh, Dr. Graves. I saw your lecture in Zurich. And Graves is all looking all smiley, happy. And he's like. It was complete buffoonery. <laughs> he just starts like yelling at him, saying out what, what an idiot he is. What? You know, this is a very prestige hospital where everyone <laughs> just gets to travel the world all the time. Right? Give lectures <laughs> and right? e even like the bumbling pathologist that keeps yes. fucking up. <laughs> You're in Zurich. Weston and Dan were in Peru. And like, West originally was in, what, Germany? And... I want to say it was Germany or Sweden. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 Like, just all over the place. Yeah. 
And if you go by the next one, it's definitely in a different country if you try to pay attention to what people are trying to say. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> but just as as Hill is is uh, yelling at Graves, we hear the knock on the door from the crematorium attendant. So Graves excitedly brings him in to show him Hill's head, which is no longer moving. He tries to convince Hill or tries to convince the attendant that Hill is very much alive. And he's like pounding the table, like, come on, talk to me, Dr. Hill, talk to me. And of course, the attendant thinks he's nuts and scurries out of the room. (laughs) Which, by the way, you know, if he got up there and didn't have anything to say, you know, wanted to see him, Herbert would have been screwed. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, you know, I don't even think he really. Like, I don't think this guy questioned it at all. He was like, oh, doctor's crazy. I'm going to go back to the morgue. You're like, yeah. <laughs> just, well, he's, he's probably worked there long enough to know that most doctors are crazy. So it's this is common. true. Yeah, no, that is true. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't question most of the wacky shit that happens at the hospital anymore. But uh, so Hill then chastises Graves for trying to expose him and calls him a mental midget. He goes on to tell him that he has unfinished business and Graves will assist him. So we then see West and Dan taking the corpse in the wheelchair, like right out the front of the hospital. Total weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) But I love it because this random dog runs up and whacks into the wheelchair, making the corpse just go like and flop over the glass. And, And everybody sees this. Yeah, like everybody's now questioning it, but then ignores it immediately. Well, he put he put the glasses back on, so oh yeah, it's true. Oh, oh, glasses, we're good. Isn't Lieutenant Ashchap still there? Isn't he there right now? (laughs) He he is. He's like eating a donut behind the bushes, watching. Yeah, that that's his new name for me, Lieutenant Ashchap. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) But so they, you know, they they fix the corpse and and West takes off. Um, we find out that the dog belongs to Francesca from Peru. So Dan excitedly goes to talk to her because, hey, new girl he could try to bang. Yeah. Uh, to, I'm to already work. I'm already pining over a dead one and a dying one, but I'll take a live one. Well, and I love hey. it. <laughs> third, third, third time's the charm. <laughs> well, and it does prove to, to be successful for him. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it because West is already on to him because he passes by and goes, don't let the little head rule the big head, Dan. <laughs> he's walks. not wrong. No, he's <laughs> not at all. Wes clearly knows the objective. Yep. And Dan just keeps, get, you know, getting detoured. Like, come exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I love it because we, we, uh, we find out that she's in town on business. That's all they say. Oh, she's here on business to conduct some interviews. Uh, okay. So you just happen to show up in, in this particular town after being in a civil war in Peru. All right, sure, why not? It's so, Miskatonic. Everyone yeah. shows up there. Yeah, well, apparently they all travel out and then they all come back. Yep. But yeah. We uh, So Dan gets Paige and he has to go, but they make dinner plans for later that night. So here comes Lieutenant Aschap. Hope, hope you like garlic. Yeah, <laughs> she's all excited. Now, I, I have a whole lot of questions about this next scene. This next scene, I kind of have one, too. It don't make a lot of sense. Cause, yeah, because Chapman comes over to ask her a few questions about Dan and how she knows him. He then brings her uh, up to the to, uh, psychiatric ward, the Sefton Psychiatric Ward, 
and tells her about the Miskatonic massacre and the, and strange things like how Hill's head continued to twitch for hours after death, how one of the people that attacked his partner ate part of his arm before they could shoot him enough times to make him stop. Now, keep in mind, he just met this woman and he's like, hey, come up here. Let me tell you about this massacre that happened. Like, it's- While just roaming the halls like he owns the place. Right, right. It doesn't make much sense. But he then goes on to tell her how the whole thing was blamed uh, on the, the, the three people in the psych ward. And the odd thing, though, is that each of them had a death certificate at the hospital, meaning they didn't get to the morgue on their own two feet. They then enter the psych ward and we see the three people who are clearly reanimated corpses. And Francesca suggests that maybe the hospital made a mistake. Uh, Aschap tells her that maybe the hospital made a mistake about the two men, but not the woman. And we find out that the woman is his dead wife, which is why he has an invested interest in this case. Suddenly his wife attacks Francesca and the others just run up and start gibbering at her. (laughs) The one guy's just like, (laughs) it's like, what is going on? (laughs) So Aschap and the employees get Francesca free and they leave the ward. And she then asks him, what does any of this have to do with Dan? And he tells her that West and Kane were the only two normal survivors from that night and goes on to say that Dan was found with the dead body of Meg Halsey in his arms, still twitching. And it's like, okay, so I get we needed this info dump, like, as an audience to understand why Ass Chap is invested, like, what's going on, like, why is he still investigating this eight months later? I get it. Story-wise, it makes sense. But it just seems odd that all this information was delivered to a character that just fucking showed up on the scene. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, it really oh, yeah, they, he couldn't have this conversation with with Dan. Like, right. Just like doing an investigation with Dan and then showing him these three people and going, hey, why is my wife still alive? Or after or, after I clearly killed her. But we'll get right. back to that. Uh, (laughs) even graves i mean he was already talking to graves about the bodies couldn't he just be like hey what about the ones in the in the psychiatric ward that are clearly zombies (laughs) like see here's what i do love now how often do cops just walk into a hospital like they own the place and just start walking around without talking to anybody uh you'd be surprised okay (laughs) like he's just but he doesn't he's not even like dressed like a uniform cop he just looks like a guy in a trench coat walking around and just, oh, hey, I got this this pretty girl with me. We're just going to go in the psych ward. You can leave us alone because that's what happens. The order really left. Right. <laughs> Leaves him in this room with three reanimated corpses. Uh, exactly. It, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And where's well, the dog? Where's the dog? <laughs> his wife's been there, so. They know how crazy his ass is, so they they just don't want to deal with him. That's my only thing, is that he comes and visits his wife all the time. Right. <laughs> like, but still, like, ah, we're just going to walk back here. Like, yeah, let's just go in. I mean, we... Come we with do... me. Hey, you want to go down to the morgue? <laughs> well, we do sometimes get that at the hospital. Like, I mean, granted, a lot of times it's because there there is a patient, like, under police watch. Yeah. Um, But it's like... They're technically supposed to check in and be like, hey, you know, I'm going up to such and such floor, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're also supposed to check in with security because they're not supposed to have their weapon on the floor. (laughs) So they just kind of like wander in like they own the joint. Happens all the time. So but uh, we then cut from this giant info dump 
to Weston Kane's house by the cemetery. They're constructing a body out of parts, uh, parts and metal, which just again creeped me out when we see like the flesh grafted onto like the the metal sockets and stuff. Like ah, it's just gross. But uh, Dan worries that their plan will never work. That if they reanimate her, she'll be too spasmatic as each part reanimates separately. West suggests that if they inject the reagent directly into the heart, that the circulatory system will distribute the reagent evenly, effectively reanimating each part simultaneously. Dan then chastises Herbert, saying, we've never tried that before, and I'm not going to gamble with Meg's heart. Just then, the doorbell rings, and Dan heads off to answer it. Of course, with Francesca there to make him dinner. And I love it, because he's with her dog. <laughs> just invite your dog over. And just comes <laughs> running in like he owns the joint. Yeah. But... Dan's standing there with, like, bloody shoes, and then he, like, tries to wipe him off on his pant leg. <laughs> like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, yeah, the, the blood is better on your clothes. He thought but, so. <sighs> I mean, he could he's a he's a doctor. He could have been like, oh, God, I didn't even notice, like, I, I this happened at work. Like, let me go change my shoes. No, let me just wipe it all over my pants. Yeah. <laughs> but the two of them get to cooking. They then taste get they get to cooking. Well, not that get not, to not, cooking. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They get to cooking. They taste the sauce and then like we gonna fuck. Like it's like what the hell was in that sauce? It's like, it's well, like damn it, Dan. You've got a semi dead girl at the hospital and you're gonna put your girlfriend's ex girlfriend's heart into it downstairs. Why are you doing this? Right. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not the sauce. It's they tasted it's, it and they knew it was, it was going to be a, a couple more hours to cook. It's so. the sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's a, it tastes the biscuit. <laughs> what Maurice is saying is that's the sauce timer. Yeah. But yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of yeah. like when, when you know, the, the old ladies would put on the sauce and be like, now nah, I got to go watch my stories. And when the stories are over, the sauce will be done. Right. So, well, when we're done fucking, the sauce will be done. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> But outside, we see old Lieutenant Aschap pull up and stake out the place. And down in the basement, West is fucking around, putting pieces together. He takes, <laughs> he takes a leg and reanimates it and then tickles its foot. I really wish there was more scenes of like this in the movie, though. <laughs> oh, I know. me too. Well, especially because like we see all the shit he had been doing later in the movie. Yeah. It's like, why didn't we get to see any of that on screen? <laughs> but... So he takes the leg and, you know, he, like I said, he tickles the tickles the foot after it reanimates. And then he like shoves a rod of metal into the leg stump and then shoves a forearm onto it and reanimates the arm. So he now pours a lot of reagent on that, well, too. Like you're, he's so precise with everything else. But this he's just like, yeah, dump the whole thing on. Yeah, he's got a whole barrel of it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, he's he freaking he reanimates this weird arm leg that then, of course, fights him, which it is fucking it hilarious. Ki it kicks him. And then, and then because he's distracted by Dan upstairs right. getting it on. And then <laughs> here's the bed yeah, creaking. Then he has like a fight with it, which is hilarious. I love it because it starts choking him and he's like, fight the <laughs> fight the leg arm. And then he just shoves it in a garbage bag. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck you. Like, that's going to stop it. Right. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, he wraps it up and throws it into the crypt next door. So West comes upstairs to find Aschap waiting for him in the house, who he, he accuses West of stealing the bodies from the crematorium. No, no. First, West goes all the way up to find out what's going on with Dan. And he, find, and he's, 
He's creeping outside his bedroom. Like, Wes is already a creep. Now you're going to double creep it? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Then when he comes back down, that's when he fights yeah. ass chap. Because Dan's the- upstairs caressing Francesca, Francesca's boob. All right. And, and telling and she, her how warm her flesh is. Yes. <laughs> which isn't creepy at all. It's like, ugh. And she's not even, like, looking at him. And she's like, I'm just going to look over here in this direction. Because <laughs> I, I don't even think that was that actress. I bet you no. it wasn't. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I love it because uh, Chap, you know, accuses him of stealing the bodies from the morgue. And uh, Let, Let's get this straight. He's just in there. He broke in. He doesn't yeah. have a warrant. Like, uh, I think why, at this at this why point, are you I don't letting him look around. <laughs> oh no no! At this point, he doesn't care. Like I think Ass Chap is like, I'm gonna look around because he he forces his way in. Because uh, you know, uh, West tries to stop him from going in the basement, and he's like, Get out of here! And he shoves him aside and breaks his way into the basement. So like, he's at this point, Ass Chap is off the off the rails. But, uh, you know, he goes down to the basement to see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> he finds the lab with all of the, like, pieces and half the body built and all that. And he calls him a butcher, to which Wes takes a lot of umbrage with. He's like, how dare you judge my work? <laughs> that part was hilarious. I love how, how dare you judge my work. And he, he fixes his tie. I love it. <laughs> Oh, and then, of course, Ass Chap flips out screaming, was my wife your work? So now he's he's after blood. <laughs> Actually, no, it was Dr. Hill's work, if you really want to get into semantics. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Hill was the one that brought everybody back. Yeah. But, you know, they go with it here because West kind of admits to it. Because, um, you know, we find out that Chapham uh, murdered his wife here because West is like, what does he say? He says something like, you know, your wife was murdered with a blunt object, you know, ta- or he, she had several contusions to the skull or something like that. He's like, she with was a murdered blunt with object. a object. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. he, and then he accused him. He's like, you murdered your wife. And then that's when Chapham grabs the shovel and like starts coming at West. So, I mean, West kind of maybe West did reanimate that one person. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> so. They're down there fighting, and Wes grabs the the iguana killing heart attack juice and just shoves it over the the cop's mouth and gives him a heart attack. So bye bye, Lieutenant Ass Chap. Dan comes down wanting to know what the hell happened. Wes tells him that that Chapham attacked him and his heart gave out. He then suggests that they use him as a test subject for reanimation by injecting straight into the heart. And Dan's like, what the fuck? He's like, well, we can get him up and, you know, walk it on the streets again. We just got to reanimate him quickly. <laughs> so West gives Dan uh, the lieutenant's gun and goes to revive him, saying, you know, just in case. As soon as Chapham lurches to life, he's like, get away from me with that rag. And I love it because West looks at Dan like, oopsie, <laughs> like my bad. <laughs> so. The two of them start fighting, and Ass Chap picks West up and just hucks him over a table. <laughs> like, he sends his ass flying. Dan goes to shoot him. Chapham grabs his gun, like, slams him down on the table, and starts bending the gun toward Dan's face. And freaking West just pulls out a machete and hacks off the lieutenant's arm from, like, mid-forearm down. And how convenient that West was making soup down there. 
that there's an right? open flame for him to cauterize this wound. <laughs> yeah, because the lieutenant's like, Mer! and burns his arm stump. <laughs> uh, so zombie Chapham, you know, rushes out of the lab and then locks the two of them in. West immediately begins climbing out into the crypt to escape. Meanwhile, upstairs, Francesca comes down to the living room and finds Aschap there. He grabs her, throws her aside. Her dog freaks out and attacks him, to which Chapham then grabs the dog by the legs and spins it around like some kind of wrestler and throws it. <laughs> With leg, Fucking asshole. leg attached. <laughs> yeah, its leg comes off. You do not hurt the dog. At least it didn't. At least it didn't yipe. Because that... It oh, just it was like, oh, yeah, it's dead. It, it kind of did when it hit the wall. It was like, Bark. I didn't hear anything when it hit I the thought, wall. I, I thought it did. Yeah, yeah when, it, when it hit the wall, there was a sound, definitely. Yep. But so that I love it, though, because she's screaming bloody murder. And Chapham runs over to the door and is like struggling to open the door because he's still holding the dog leg. And instead of dropping the dog leg, he puts the dog leg in his mouth and then uses his hand to open the door. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He needed a collateral. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, it, again, I was I was laughing my ass off because it was just such such a great bit of physical comedy. So he runs off into the night while Francesca is crying. And, then, and Wes steals the dog. <laughs> it, well, that, that's coming up because Champa escapes into the night. Dan and West make their way upstairs. Like, West comes in from outside and Dan makes his, he finally busts out of the lab. And they come up and they find her like sobbing over her dead dog. And she accuses West of doing something to Chapham. And I love how calmly he just picks up the dog. He's like, I did nothing of the sort. And like starts walking away with the dog corpse. And she doesn't even say anything. Like, what are you doing with my dog? (laughs) She just lets him do it. (laughs) Oh my God. And then he, he, (laughs) he looks at Dan and says she's hysterical. And he's just walking away with her dog. Again, he's not wrong. That's that's what <laughs> oh. I said. I I love his quips and one-liners in this. Oh, he's again Jeffrey Combs. I said it on Facebook. He's a national treasure. Mm-hmm. That guy's fucking awesome. But down in the lab, West is cleaning up, and we and he sees the severed arm of Chapham and the dog missing the limb, and he gets himself an idea. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we cut to later that night. Francesca waking up to a dog barking. She goes down into the basement to investigate and finds West in the lab with her revived dog. Only now he has a human hand and tries to attack her. <laughs> well, let's let's face it. He tried to shake her hand. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm a good dog. Shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. See, he, was just, he was just doing a shake. Now, where's his treat? Damn it. <laughs> and it's very obvious, like. It's a somebody like standing behind the dog. Like, oh God, yeah. Trying to keep the other the dog's leg down and trying to do the shake. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I did not notice that. <laughs> Maurice is like that shit was real. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love it. She spazzes out. Dan comes running downstairs to try to calm her down, and she's like, "Is this what you did to Mag, you freak?" And then. I was like, I mean, to be fair, he didn't do this to Meg yet. You know, they're still yeah. working on the body. But she tells Dan he's a freak and that she hates him and storms off. And I love how West just goes, hmm, you're better off without her. <laughs> Again, not wrong. <laughs> but I love, I, here's what I love is where they go, because they go back. And it's like, oh, my alive girlfriend hates me. I must go see my dying girlfriend, who I'm pretending is my dead girlfriend. <laughs> 
great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan is all kinds of fucked up. Because, yeah, the next day at the hospital, Dan goes to talk to Gloria, telling her that it helps him to think of her as the Meg who lived. Like, how fucked up is that? Like, yeah, I'm just using you to fill a void <laughs> for mm. myself. But while he's telling her this, she's just like, and dies. Oh, yeah. She dies. <laughs> So Dan West and the nurses immediately get to work trying to save her, but there's nothing they can do. And Gloria dies. Now I don't think West was trying to save her. <laughs> I really don't. Cause he's like, I'm going in and just starts cutting her open. <laughs> it's like, mm, that seems a little odd. Well, I had to make it believable. Well, yeah, I mean, but you know, it's not a sterile environment. You're just slicing it. Eh, you know, you didn't rush her off to somewhere you could do that. And I know he's wearing gloves, but it definitely does not look like he's wearing gloves when he pulls his hands out. <laughs> it just yeah. looks like they're covered in blood. <laughs> they really are. Because I love when he he does. He, they, he just pulls him out and he's like, I'm calling it. And then Dan's like, yeah. And of course, Dan collapses to the floor, which is something yeah, he does a lot in both he's movies. Very overdramatic. Yeah. yeah. He's very overdramatic. He's just in shock for two movies. That's yep. all it is. So Wes tells Dan to go home and he calls for the body to be picked up. And I love how there's the nurse watching Wes through the room window and he just slowly closes the blinds while staring at her. He's just like, and we're going to close this. It's oh, it's fantastic. But he then threatens. Uh, or I'm sorry. We, we cut to Graves, uh, Graves and Hill. Hill is trying to get Graves to take him to West. Hill wants revenge. Graves tries to refuse and tells him to shut up. And then he he covers Hill's mouth and he gets bit. And he's like, ouch, you bit me. <laughs> like freaking out. Then Hill threatens to get somebody else to help him. And we see him psychically calling out to the zombies in the psych ward. And good old ass chap. <laughs> Graves has had enough. He shoves an apple in Hill's mouth, wraps him up in a towel, and throws him in the trash. About time. <laughs> we could, He's uh, taken enough abuse in this relationship, and it's only been like a day. Right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's about to get a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> but we cut back to Gloria's room, and we see the, the attendant from the crematorium coming to pick up the body. Now, West has her covered with a sheet, and makes sure the guy doesn't touch her head. He's like, oh, no, no, I'll get the head. He then lowers her down into a container uh, that, that, like, uh, I've never seen one of these, but it's like a weird gurney with, like, a bucket under it. That they, they lower the corpse in and then cover it up with the mattress. I, I've never seen that. But, so they, they put her in there. And then West goes, take her right to the crematorium. And he goes, you mean pathology? He goes, no, the crematorium. He's like, all right, Doc, whatever you say. <laughs> Here's what I love, because it's like, nothing to see here, just Herbert West with, West with a giant pail, no right. reason to think there's a head in it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, he he like is, he makes a big deal about the head, and then he picks up a metal bucket with a towel over it, and is like, good day, and just leaves. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure Gloria's head isn't in there. No, <laughs> not, it's his lunch! Exactly! <laughs> So back at Dan and West's house, West reveals that he took Gloria's head, of course, and plans to use it on Meg's new body. Dan almost passes out again. <laughs> West explains to him that it'll take both of them to attach her head to the spinal column. He assures him that Meg's heart will beat again and then goes through the list of body parts that they've compiled. The feet of a ballet dancer, the legs of a hooker, 
the womb of a virgin, <laughs> the arms of a waitress, one lawyer's hand, and a murderer's hand, <laughs> the head of Gloria and the heart of Meg. He then convinces Dan to not let their work be in vain, and Dan agrees, and they, they start working on uh, reviving Meg 2.0. Yeah, but whose lungs? Whose right. lungs? Where, do we don't get a torso. We don't know whose torso yeah, that is. Yeah, I was say, who's... Exactly. What, what about the rest of the parts? What about the whole middle? Like, who's oh. let's let's face it. Whose titties are they? All right. Well, you know, I mean, maybe they talked to Jeffrey Franken from our last movie because this did come out in the same year. They're like, hey, you know, you got that pile of boobs. Can we borrow some? You know, <laughs> they're mine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but so we, we cut back to pathology. We see Chapham is in the the body closet, and then suddenly he hears something, and like we see the apple roll into frame. If you if you watch the scene, like when he turns around and he's like freaking out, there's very obviously just like a person laying in the shelves. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna lay here. I mean, it's, it's, I, obviously it's supposed to be one of the bodies, but yeah, it's obviously just the person just curled up in the fetal position <laughs> in like, the shelves. They're like, hey, Bill, come on, get on the shelf, play a corpse. <laughs> Just <laughs> laying there. But yeah, so he's, he he goes out of the, the body closet and we see Chapham holding Hill's head. So he then forces uh, Graves to surgically graft the bat wings to the side of Hill's head. So there's going to be something going on there. But we now see Francesca in the hall of the hospital using a payphone. Aschap comes out from pathology and I love it because she just turns her back like maybe he won't notice me. <laughs> and then he rushes out and attacks her. He's like giving her a stump job. Right? He's like, look what Weston Dan did to me. And then he like starts shoving his stump in her mouth. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she runs away from him. Now we cut to the psych ward where we see the patients have escaped and the staff is dead. Back at Dan and West's house, we see them finishing the assembly of Meg 2.0. And we see, I love this, the, the wall over by the crypt. We see it starts moving. And West looks a little nervous. And Dan comments, oh, it sounds like rats in the wall. Which I did have to laugh because, you know, H.P. Lovecraft's Rats in the Wall is another famous story of his. Um, and, and West is like, yes, yes, it's rats. And they better be quiet if they know what's good for them. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's a little odd. So they inject the reagent into Meg 2.0 and nothing. So both Dan and West watch anxiously for reanimation. Suddenly the doorbell rings. No, because here's what I love. Because he's like 15 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, 15, three minutes, 45. Like, wow. You're like, you're all like five seconds away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I thought it was funny that it went from like, 30 seconds to like three minutes, 15 seconds. Like, yeah. 10 seconds later, <laughs> we were doing movie time jumps. <laughs> I guess so. But I love it when the doorbell rings. West's reaction is to strap on his gun. <laughs> like, he's like, fuck it. I don't care who's at the door. I'm bringing my piece. It's like, damn. Okay. So he goes upstairs to answer the door. And he finds a crate on the porch and no one around. So he just slowly takes it inside. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, Francesca arrives outside and hears screaming and groaning in the distance. She cautiously approaches the house, and we see the zombies from the psych ward milling around outside. Inside, West opens the crate, and surprise, it's a dick in a box. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was the first movie. That's true. Uh, (laughs) But but Hill's head flies out of the, the box and starts skittering around the room. But we only see it in shadow because, you know, it's cheaper. <laughs> and I think he died during the making, did he? I don't remember. Uh, no, I think it was after the making of this. Because oh, okay. this was filmed in 88. It just didn't come out until 90. But yeah, I know he died in the early 90s. Um, but back outside, Francesca's attacked by Ass Chap. And then Ass Chap is attacked by a zombie wife, allowing Francesca to escape. Only to find another zombie from the psych ward milling about. So back in the basement lab, Meg finally reanimates. Dan helps her up off the table and stares at her in wonder of their creation. He tells her, you're alive, and then falls to his knees and hugs her as she repeats, alive. Back outside, we get the third act storm, because of course we do. It's the third act. (laughs) And don't forget, I I forgot which part, but when they're outside the house, but there is another loon. <laughs> That's true. There, there's always a fucking loon in horror movies. I can't remember which part it was. I think it was towards the end here. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was a loon. There's no water by them. Like, right. <laughs> at least it makes sense in Friday the Thirteenth. Right. But yeah, <laughs> there was another. Oh, I, I wanted to make a note that there was another loon sound in this movie. There was another movie you pointed out where there was like absolutely no water, and you were like, "Why the fuck is there a loon?" <laughs> And I don't remember which one it was. Like they're in the middle of the Sahara Desert. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's when we first recorded Frankenhooker. It might have been, yeah, because you were like, why is there a loon there? <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, Francesca is outside surrounded by zombies and has to break into the house to escape them. She barricades the door behind her. Meanwhile, West is hunting around the house for Dr. Hill, but is distracted when Dan brings up Meg 2.0 to meet him. Yeah, let's forget about the flying head, because science! (laughs) And he he marvels at his creation, but she recoils from him, and he looks stung and goes, but I made you. (laughs) Just then, Francesca comes running upstairs, telling them they're coming. And then Hill flies out and yells now, and the zombies begin breaking into the house. They all head down to the lab to try to escape the zombies and barricade themselves in. And this is where I got the comment of, like, how many fucking iguanas did they have? Because we see this (laughs) giant glowing barrel. (laughs) Francesca looks at Meg 2.0 and asks Dan, who is she? And he, he seems almost in a trance and tells her, it's Meg. And she goes, but Meg's dead. And then, of course, he collapses again because he keeps doing it through the whole movie. He's such a drama queen. He really is. If he didn't want to, like, fuck everything, alive and dead, like, maybe it'd be a different story. But come on. I also have questions about how they how he plans to fuck Meg 2.0, because there's, there's like a permanent chastity belt over her crotch. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's bolted into her body. But he, uh, you know, he collapses and Meg uh, Meg 2.0 goes running over to him, like looking concerned. And then when Francesca tries to come over, she growls at her and shoes her away. <laughs> like, Arr! all these dead women hate Francesca. For, really? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Like, stay away from our men. Well, you're, 
Mrs. Cop, yours killed you. Right. <laughs> and Dan, well, yours is dead. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't get it. Oh, my God. So Francesca berates West for what they've done and tells and he tells her that what they've done is created life, doing what no man's mind or woman's womb could ever do. He continues to wax on about how he took the refuse of God's failures and has triumphed. And he just goes on and on basically about how brilliant he is. <laughs> Francesca tries to talk some sense into Dan, telling them that they have to, you know, they basically have to fight the zombies and get the fuck out because the zombies are now breaking in. But Meg 2.0 doesn't like her talking to her man, and she attacks Francesca. <laughs> we get this fantastic fight scene. But I love how Wes just smiles and tells Dan, your girlfriend doesn't stand a chance. Our girl is superior in every way. He's having way too much fun with this. Yeah, and he should be pissed because Gloria Stein dumps the reagent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She th- and that's the thing, like, she's banging Francesca's head into the table. She's throwing her around. Yeah. Like, she's just whooping her ass. And then finally, Dan grabs Meg and tells her, get away from her, you monster. And Meg looks shocked and hurt and says, you made me. To which West pipes up, no, I made you. Like, he, can't, he just can't let anyone have the credit for this. <laughs> so... Meg tries to appeal to Dan by attempting to get all sexy and asking, do you want me? I was like, this is gross. Because she's like rubbing on him with her like skinned thigh. <laughs> like, Ugh. And then he goes, I don't want your body. And she howls, then what do you want? And rips out her still beating heart and offers it to him. Howling like, what do you want? What are you waiting for? <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is totally a Susie moment of, who are you? What do you want? <laughs> But he tells her, you're not Meg, Meg's dead, which causes her to flip out further and attack Dan, right as the zombies begin breaking into the lab. West fights off the zombies, Aschap grabs Francesca, and Meg is choking Dan. Dan rips her hand off to free himself, and then suddenly Meg starts falling apart as she's screaming. West tells tells Dan, he goes, make a note of it, Dan, tissue rejection. Like, (laughs) I love how he's still making notes in the middle of a fight. But the ass chap grabs Francesca and goes, don't worry, my wife understands. Really? (laughs) And then his wife starts beating him with a cane. (laughs) Oh, it's so ridiculous. But Wes breaks open the wall to the crypt and then boom, in comes the flying hill head and a plethora of abominations that West has been creating and throwing into the crypt. So we get the. The weird arm leg. We see like some dude that uh, very much like the abomination from Frankenhooker is like a head with arms and legs. There's like another guy who's like a torso crawling around on little stubby feet. We get a, a, a person that has a, a front half on both sides. Like it's two sides fused together. There were two torsos fused together, too. Yeah, like, I mean, there's just there's some, like crawling around. There's some really great effects here, but we get to see them so briefly. Yeah, I really wish there had been like more of these. Absolutely. So but only now all of the abominations are under Hill's control. So they all start attacking West, Dan and Francesca as they make their way into the crypt. While fighting off the abominations, the crypt begins to collapse on top of them, burying the group. Cut out to the cemetery above, we see Dan claw his way up through the dirt and drag Francesca out behind him. She looks dead when he pulls her out. (laughs) She's just like perfectly limp and then she springs to life. We pan down in the rubble below and we see Hill's head trapped, very much still alive, growling and laughing. 
We then pan over to the lab where we see the pieces of Meg 2.0, her severed hand still holding the still beating heart that then slow the beats start to slow down and eventually stop. And somehow West, who's underneath all that rebel, is alive for another movie. Exactly. Well, you know, he <laughs> twice, he, twice he lived. Now. He lived after the first one where he gets choked out by intestines and like <laughs> as the lab is like going up in smoke. <laughs> but yeah, so then we get black screen credits, the end. So yeah, that's Bride Reanimator. What are you guys' final thoughts on this? <sighs> it was a fun time for all. Yeah. So <laughs> Show your grandma. It's a wonderful fun time. Yeah. There I mean <laughs> I mean, there's no infamous head scene in it, but yeah, there, there's definitely lack of severed head cunnilingus in this movie. I think there could have been because there is one of those creation creatures is a foot with a head on top of it. That's that. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's horrible. I didn't even think of that. Like that could just balance on that one foot. No, okay. <laughs> it's literally a flashlight. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's awful. Herbert yeah. West making flashlights before they were ready to be made. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. But yeah, it's I, I I don't know. I think it's a really fun movie. Um, I think it definitely does not get the credits it deserves. I, again, it's it's a Brian Usna film, and that man never gets enough credit. He does some great flicks. I, I will be honest, yeah, this is the one I've probably seen of the three of them the, the least. Um, I think Beyond is the one I've seen the least amount, but I've definitely seen the first one the absolute most. Yeah, I watched I watch that one all the time. Like that's yeah. one I come back to every year. It was definitely one I didn't have to watch again before here because i know it backwards and forwards um like i know it like the back of my hand hey where'd that scar come from um but (laughs) (laughs) but i watched it anyways but yeah like this is this is probably the one i've seen the least amount of times i i don't know why i always seem to see beyond i don't know why maybe because that one was a sci-fi original (laughs) yeah i think i've only seen beyond like maybe two or three times like i haven't seen it much i watched it again before recording this and i feel like that was only maybe like my third time watching it i I know i saw it when it first came out but i haven't seen it a lot um there's there's not a whole hell of a lot of trivia with this one of the things was before they decided on bride of reanimator they were talking about doing house of reanimator where the the plot was supposed to be that the president dies and west and kane are brought in to revive the president before anyone can find out that the president is actually dead which i think would have been a hilarious fucking movie and i'm kind of bummed that they never especially with current presidents i mean what uh yeah uh, yeah yeah that would be very amusing <laughs> <laughs> um it, Maybe like, it happened and we just don't we're just figuring this out <laughs> i mean you know you might have a point <laughs> yeah you might have a point um, once again, the, the liquid for the reagent, uh, was just taken from glow sticks, just like the first movie. Um, this, you know, I, I don't know if this is true, but, uh, I, I think it, she would have been a better actress, but Patricia Tallman was originally considered for the role of the bride. Uh, we would know her as Barbara from the night of the living dead remake. I actually really like her. So I, I think she would have been really good at that, but I mean, who knows? It's IMDB casting. They always have, I'm surprised they didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger on here, but, uh, 
uh, Kathleen Kimmett, the uh, person who did play the bride, apparently had to have 15 different body casts made for her monster makeup costume. During the application of the full body cast, she said that she was completely covered in liquid latex, which at first was cold, but then started to heat up as it hardened. Uh, it soon became so hot that she fainted. So it's like, I mean, if anyone's ever put on a lot of like liquid latex or, or a lot of Halloween makeup, like, you know, that she gets hot after a while. So imagine having that all over your entire body. So your, your skin can't breathe. You know, it's like so she she passed the fuck out. She said when she woke up, she was in a in a robe on a like sitting up in a chair and had to question, OK, how did I get from the table where I was butt naked and covered in latex to over here? And apparently the makeup guys peeled the body cast off of her, dressed her and sat her up. <laughs> and she was. Oh, the 80s were a different time. Well, and it's funny because she said she was less concerned about a bunch of random men handling her naked body and more concerned that they were going to ask her to do the cast again. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, well, I can understand that. But and and again, as mentioned earlier, this film, this was filmed in 1988, but it didn't get a uh, release until 1990. So it kind of sat on the shelf for a while. But uh, yeah, so not not a whole hell of a lot of trivia. Um, I will mention this, Don, because I know you and I were were chatting a little bit on Facebook about the current full moon uh, resonator stuff. Now, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't know if you've watched the other other resonator. No, I didn't even know there was. I didn't okay. even know. I just saw that. I was like, all right, let me give this a chance. So that it literally was five minutes. I'm done. Well, see, here's the thing is, is the, and this also ties into Night of the Living Dead. I forget his name, but, um, uh, the, like the Hick actor from Night of the Living Dead who owned the house. Let me just look it up really quick. Will, William Butler, who played uh, Tom in Night of the Living Dead. He's the writer behind this. He's creating like a shared Lovecraft universe over at Full Moon. And of course, you know, they, they don't really have the money. It's, it's Full Moon Entertainment. It, Stu, Stuart Gordon really didn't have a lot of money back in the day to do these films, but he definitely right. had more than they have now. Um, but he first did the, the remake of Castle Freak, and it ties into this whole universe. Like that, it was kind of the announcement of the shared Lovecraft universe. So at the end of the Castle Freak remake, we find out about Herbert West. And then we get uh, we kind of do a, a, a from beyond remake. So we get the resonator, which is the entire story of from beyond, but kind of dragged out. And it's like it was like a show. They did a like a bunch of I think it was like six, six episodes. And there was like somewhere like 28 minutes, somewhere half hour, you know, but they they packed it into a movie called the resonator and then they have beyond the resonator which is the second part so it's like the first half of the series and the second half of the series and the second half is where we introduce herbert west and then we get curse of the reanimator which is like the next part of the film and eventually i think we're going to get it's it's something uh, something armageddon i forget what it's what it's called but it's the last part of the the resonator saga with herbert west and it's like while i totally agree Jeffrey Combs is Herbert West. Like he's the perfect Herbert West. I was really impressed with what this guy did because he, he has the same kind of vibe that they were, do, they were going for in these movies, but he's also doing his own thing, which kind of fits with the current, like the current thread of what they're doing in the resonator universe. So I, for, for being low budget modern full moon and most modern full moon stuff, ain't that good. I'm really impressed with it. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. So if you guys like Lovecraft stuff, I definitely recommend checking out the remake of Castle Freak and then the the Resonator Miskatonic University uh, full moon stuff. 
Good times. And a hush fills the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was trying. To, I like, was trying to think of something witty, but I couldn't. Don's like, I'm not convinced. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> But now, Maurice, if you're looking for something to watch, definitely check it out. He's got to watch Beyond Reanimator first. Well, Maurice, you watched the remake of Castle Freak, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, and you liked that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you'll dig it if you liked the remake of Castle Freak, because it's, it's in that same vein. Um, Less vagina monsters, though. Not, not saying that there aren't vagina monsters, but less vagina monsters. <laughs> <laughs> But anywho, we should probably wrap this one up. So uh, as always, if you're not following us on social media, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Maurice handles our Twitter. And what is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's The. Thank you very much. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as one exclusive episode per month. Uh, September's is behind. Uh, we had some scheduling difficulties, so you're going to be getting two uh, special episodes this month. Ooh, uh, I should renew my... Uh subscription but things with credit cards people things with credit cards kind of for kind of let it lapse uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so there will be there will be two specials this month um i already have a couple things in the works and then we are also part of the rad pantheon network so if you guys like this podcast definitely check out radpantheon.com and rad pantheon on all the socials you'll find uh, other podcasts similar to this one like raised by rentals and uh count creepy head saturday morning monster mash just a couple other fun ones um as well as a plethora of others and artists and musicians and good stuff so definitely check that out dawn as always thank you for joining us i'm sure oh, you're welcome I'm sure we'll get beyond on here. I was going to say, when we eventually get to beyond. <laughs> it's just going to happen. I'm just going to make you guys do it. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking down. Like you said, there's a rat fighting a penis. Come on. There is a penis rat fight, people. Come on. It has I to mean, be I mean, it looks here. like the fakest fucking penis in the world, but it's a rat <laughs> <laughs> But again, how many movies can you say there's a rat fighting a penis? Come on. At, at, at least one. I think it's this one and maybe Showgirls. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> so for anyone that wants to watch our next film before we cover it, uh, it's going to be episode 159 May. So we will be talking about. No, it's it's October. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> No, it is the uh, if you can't find a friend, make one type of movie. So it's 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 a lot of fun. I know Susie is very excited about this one. Uh, and it's a film I haven't seen in a very long time, so I'm looking forward to revisiting it. I was gonna say I haven't, I probably haven't watched it in like 20 years. Yeah, if it's I, even that, if it's even that old, because I can't remember. I think 2003, so close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a movie I remember watching when it first came out. I really enjoyed it, and I know I've seen it like once or twice. You know, between then and now, but uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. So it's I always enjoy when we have a movie on here that I haven't seen in a while. But all right, guys, so I guess we're going to we're going to close it off. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Taste the biscuit. Taste the reanimated biscuit. Well, I think the honey sauce. (laughs) I think Dan was gonna. (laughs) All right, no, no, no. That's what that human fleshlight was supposed to be for.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.